Well, hello. It is the last month of the year. Do you know what that means? That means it's time to do a year in review. But let's do a year in review with purpose. Let's figure out why we want to do this. How does it benefit us? And then let's talk a little bit through it. Now, I'm going to give you kind of my overview for what I look at. Um, and spoiler alert, I don't do New Year's resolutions. And then I'm going to walk you through actually my year. Like, what did I do this year? Uh, a lot more than I thought I was going to. And what's my plan for next year? And hopefully when you come through this, you will also be a little bit inspired to do the same for yours, because I will tell you, I have a massive amount of clarity now that I did not have before I recorded this podcast. Hi, I'm Christine Riche, an artist and mentor to photographers around the world. Consider me your interstellar guide on the path to being a better nightscape photographer. In this podcast, we will bring together our artistic right brain and technical left brain by exploring creativity, art, and inspiration in photography, as well as diving into technique, gear, and strategy necessary to elevate your craft and photographic practice. I am so happy to be a part of your Milky Way journey. This is the After Dark Photography Podcast. Hello and happy December. If you are listening to this one, it's been put out. We are, yes, firmly in the last month of the year. And that does make my brain go, okay, what I do this year? Okay, what am I doing next year? I like to take the time to look back on my year. And yeah, we all kind of know that's a good thing to do, right? You know that, you do that. I know it is, but I decided to just do a little bit of research. Like, okay, like there's probably tangible evidence as to why this is good. And so I found an article that pointed to a 2015 study. I'll put it the uh, link in the show notes. It was published in the journal Memory. And it found that those who reflected on their quote, problem-solving achievements and moments of defining their identity were much happier in the days that followed. They showed higher self-esteem, self-efficacy, and a general sense of meaning in life. Whereas those who were told to dwell on a regret, disappointing time, or negative event involving conflict were much less happy. And the same goes for the participants in the control group who were told to think back on any memories that they wanted. So it's really interesting because as we look back and we take stock, when we are actually like, okay, yeah, look at everything that I got done this year, we are starting to build up this sense of meaning and happiness and gratefulness in life. And it is overall better for us. It will make you happier. And the reason why I think it's important to take stock at the end of the year is because when we're in it, like during the year, when we are in the everything, okay, okay, it's it's March, we've got March break with the kids, we're going to get this done here. And then okay, we come out of that. And then now we're coming into spring. And here are the things that need to be done around the house in spring. And then, okay, spring's over, but now we're coming up to the end of the school year, and then we're getting it. So, you know, like, it's just, 
I could rattle on in a really fast voice and go through all of the things and never stop, right? Like it would just be continuous how much we would be talking about. But instead, at the end of the year, we now are like, okay, hopefully we have like a little bit of a moment to stop collectively and think about the year. And we're not in it anymore. Because we're not in it, we can see with better clarity what it quote was. So I want to give you a few questions to ask yourself about this year, just a few to think about. And then I'm going to go through my past year with you and my takeaways from the year. And then what I have planned for next year. And I, I have my list. I wrote it out here this year, what I did versus next year, uh, you can, uh, you'll be able to see I've, I've cut out some stuff. I've trimmed down a little bit. So the first question I want you to think about is what was something that you want to work on this year? You know, at the start of the year or any time during this year, did you make a, a commitment to yourself to say, I want to work on X thing? Now, I will tell you, I don't do resolutions. I am not a resolutions person. At the start of the year, I don't have resolutions. I don't have a word for the year. I don't have any of those things. Um, maybe it's an excuse that I've read enough articles. It's like, this doesn't work. So I'm like, all right, I don't have to do that. Uh, no, I more so go through different phases where I realize different things are important and I make a concentrated effort to work on those. But that tends to happen seasonally with where my business is, where my life is with my kids. And I find it doesn't link up that well with doing New Year's resolutions. But I will generally have something that I've wanted to work on through the year or through different parts of the year. And I feel like you probably do as well, even if you are not someone who does resolutions or if you did do a resolution. Let's just think about that for a moment. What was that thing? And did we make any progress? Now, that is not to say... Did I learn X thing, get really good at it? Did I start Milky Way Photography this year and am I a master now? No, did we make progress? And progress can be that we spent time doing it. It doesn't have to be that we got an end result or goal, but the progress can be in the doing as well. So take stock of that. Did you have a thing that you wanted to work on? Did you make progress on it? Okay, so then that kind of leads into the next question. Did you learn something new this year? Anything new? Maybe it wasn't something that you were specifically looking at, or maybe it's something um, fun that you wanted to learn. Did you learn something new, a new skill? I have to say, you know, one of the things my dad always says as a kid, this, I don't know, it just stuck with me. It's like you learn something new every day, every single day. Now, this is more so this question is like a larger look at learning something new. But for me, I do believe that, that every day there's something new that I can learn, whether it's big or small. And I always want to be learning. If I look, if there's like a really wealthy benefactor listening here, and you just want to give me lots of money so that I can go and just learn all the time, that would be great. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, not really kidding, though. That would be awesome. If I could just be learning in universities all the time, 
I would find a lot of joy from that. It wouldn't do enough though. And that is going to come back. The final question that I have, well, you'll understand why, but I love it. I love it. I still contemplate like, well, should I go and do my master's? Like once both the kids are in school, should I go back and do my master's of fine art? It's like, I don't actually need it. I don't want to teach at a university level. That's not the institution that I want to be a part of um, with my education. So I don't actually need it but I would like it. So anyways, um, you know, and then from there, do I go on to do a PhD? Do I need to be a doctor? No, I don't need a doctorate in it, but I would enjoy the heck out of it. So did you learn something new this year? Take stock of that. Okay, I really like this question. This year, did you take a risk? Was there something you did that was a little bit risky? For me, this is where the growth in my life happens. It's when I take risks. And we'll talk about this when we look through what my year has been this year. But when I take risks and I don't know what's going to happen, that is where the growth comes. It is not always that the risk was successful. Sometimes the thing that I hoped wouldn't happen did happen. Um, there's a ton to unpack in that statement. If you're putting all your energy into like, oh, I hope this doesn't happen, but I'm going to take this risk. Well, the thing that you're thinking about, which is the thing that you don't want to happen, is probably going to happen anyways. But uh, yeah, so you take a risk. Any risks this year? And then ruminate on what happened when I took that risk. What came out of it? And if, like me, some of the times when you take that risk, it did not turn out the way you wanted it to, did you still learn something? Did you still get a benefit from it? Okay, and then the last question. This is the kicker one for me. Did you have an impact on someone else's life this year? This is the reason why I do what I do. I could do any number of other jobs that required less effort for me, less brain power. I was having a conversation with a good friend who uh, came to my house the other day. And he was just like, you know, he's like, with my job, I do it. I come home and it's not there anymore. It's no longer in my brain. Um, That's it. It's just gone. He's like, I'm very good at my job. I do a good job, but then that's it. I'm out. And for me, and he said this, he's like, you don't do that. He's like, your job is always there. It's always in my brain. And it is always here. Not to say that I'm a crazy workaholic, though I am a little bit. I if you listen to my last podcast, I am a recovering busyaholic and a recovering perfectionist, also a recovering workaholic. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I do work a lot. I enjoy it. So there is this overlap of passion and uh, profit. Passion and where I'm just trying to alliterate. And I was like, passion and job doesn't sound good, but passion and profit sounds good. Um, there is this overlap between the the job, the work that I do, and I just actually enjoyment of it. But why do I enjoy it so much? Because really, like, you know, I could just be creating artwork and I would really enjoy that still. But for me, the ability to share and have an impact with other people that's what drives me. When I get messages from people and they say, Christine, your course has changed my life. I would never like, are you kidding? It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I would not have believed the 
volume and sincerity and depth of conversations I get to have with people because of this work that I do online. When I decided to take my classes online, it was because where I live, there's not a lot of people and I knew I could reach more people, but I had no idea the overall impact of that. So now at the end of the year, I get to have this conversation. I get to look back and think, did I have an impact on someone else's life? And the answer is yes. And the answer is yes in thousands. Um, you know, it's this is another, this is a little side tangent before we get into the bulk of it, but there are lots of ways to run a business. There's lots of ways to generate profit and income and all of that stuff. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it because you, it seems so overwhelming. You have no idea where to start, but there are really lots of ways that you can, with concerted effort, do it. Now there's lots of reasons why people don't and they're very valid, but when it comes down to it, yeah, you can run a business in tons of different ways. Even an online education business, like the bulk of mine is, I mean, that's my business. I teach people online and I create and sell my work. Those are my my revenue generating streams in my business. There are lots of different ways that I can also teach people online. And sometimes people are like, why are you doing these free things? Why are you giving all of this away for free? People will actually come into it and they're like suspicious a little bit. Like there's gotta be a catch. And the catch is that, yeah, some people will decide that they want to pay me money to go farther and keep working with me. But guess what? It's an exceptionally small percentage. And I know that going in, but you know why I do it? Because that other percentage of people who decide not to move forward with me, who are not in a position to pay money for my courses, are not in a position to give the time and energy to this particular hobby or venture in their life, those people all still get a really great amount of value out of what I put out. And there's enough people who say yes, that I can support myself and my family while still putting out tremendous amounts of value into the world. It's still insane to me. People will be like, oh yeah, I was out shooting at like this place. Like I was out in Moab shooting and I saw these people and they're like, yeah, no, I started uh, taking pictures after I took Christine's course. And it's like, the fact that there are people out there at night under the stars talking about me that I've never met in person before boggles my mind. It absolutely boggles my mind. And it's amazing. So I get so much out of being able to have a platform where I get to interact with people, where I get to educate people. So for me, when I look back on what I've done in the course of a year, to be able to look at the places where I had the most impact and then decide how I can amplify that moving forward is so important. Now, the last thing I want to leave you with, those are a few questions to ask. The last thing I want to leave you with is just, it's a little bit of a plea from me to celebrate. Look back and celebrate. Even if the year was a complete and utter, oh, I can't swear, just not a good year, let's put it that way. Even if that was your year, still find something to celebrate. Because here's the thing, when we celebrate, we train our brain to look at that. The more that we celebrate and we have gratitude for things in our life, the more we will find that. It's been proven out there. There's tons of studies and stuff you can look up. But gratitude, celebration, celebrating even the smallest of things 
It's going to keep training your brain to do that. So look back, take stock, and have this big picture view where it's easier. Sometimes it's hard to celebrate the things when you're in it, though it's good if you can do that too. But now is the perfect time of year to actually look back and take stock and give yourself that grace and and like, oh, I did it. I did do that thing. Or I tried to do this and it didn't quite work out, but I still kept with it and I still tried and I still put the effort in. Give yourself some grace and give yourself some celebration in your life. So with that in mind, I want to talk about my year. I'm going to go from January through to December. What did I do this year? And I have to tell you, I wrote this out and then I was like, oh, that was a lot. I did a lot this year. And so my next year plan is not as much. So to start this year in January, I started off a little bit slower. My January was finishing up my Photoshop 101. And that's, um, I start running that in the fall. And then we have the last couple of classes in January. So I finished up um, with my students, my Photoshop 101 students. I also incorporated my business at the start of this year. And so there was a lot of... Um, bits around that. But that was a celebration too. You know, when I first started my business, I had a conversation. They're like, well, no, you're not at a point where incorporation would be useful um, in terms of your your business structure. So to get to a point where I was able to grow my business to that was a really big celebration um, and not something that was ever even a goal either. It was not on the top of my mind. And then at the end of last year, did my taxes and they were like, you should really should have incorporated last year. I'm like, huh, I guess so. I didn't realize that. So that was really quite, quite awesome as well. Um, the non-awesome bits of that, of course, are all the paperwork and things that had to be done, but that's all right. Then going into February, February, I started to gear up for my first Milky Way Photography Masterclass um, event that I do, my free training event. And I did something different. And I ran through my Photography for Beginners Bootcamp live. And we had a really great group come through and do it live. But I will say, I nixed this. I didn't do this again, because it was a lot, a lot of effort. And I found that a lot of people didn't come and show up for the amount of value that it was. Now, that was probably around me not communicating the value, but I did find that for the amount uh, that I put into it to run it, that I didn't get as much interaction as I had anticipated. So that was one of the things it was not a risk, but it was trying something new that didn't necessarily work out in the way that I thought that it would. So I didn't do that again, but I learned from it and I tried it. You don't know if something is going to work well or not until you actually try it and do it. So then March came and I did my first Your First Milky Way training of the year. And I did it earlier this year than I've done in previous years because I was so excited to get out and start shooting again. Now, I didn't realize that many, many people did not share my enthusiasm for 3 a.m. minus 20 degrees weather. I don't know. I guess I guess there's a lot of 
winter still around in March and spring seems too far away at that point. So it was a really fun launch for me. I really was happy to get back into it. Um, It was a little bit smaller in terms of engagement this time around because people are like, it's still snowing, Christine. And I'm like, all right, fine. They're like, we had another snowstorm. We had another two feet of snow. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it snow. But the Floridians and the Texans did really good. No, okay. They always do. And we have, you know who you are. We have our conversations. Um, so that was March. Um, March also had a couple other things. March was actually quite busy. I did as well a workshop with my Milky Way Photography Masterclass alumni in Joshua Tree. I had 30 students come. Some were local, some flew in, some drove in. And this was the first, I'm getting goosebumps now thinking about it. This was the first in-person workshop that I did since I was pregnant with my daughter in 2019. And it was amazing. Like to actually get to be around my people, the people who end up coming in to my course, to my Milky Way Photography Masterclass. They are like my people. And and it makes sense. No one's going to invest in my course, which is, it's not, my course is not like an entry-level DIY cheap kind of course. It is a very well put together and a higher investment to come into it. So people aren't going to come into that if they don't like me, if they don't like the way I teach my, my mom jokes, you know, my particular enthusiasm and uh, humor. People aren't going to come into it if they don't share the my kind of values and, and my way of of being, I guess. So it's no surprise that I just I love my students and I love hanging out with them and to actually get to see people in person. Like I remember I was there at uh, we were in Twenty Nine Palms and I was talking to someone and someone across the the parking lot they're like I hear your voice Christine I know it's you and it it was just really unbelievable and amazing we didn't get the best weather so I didn't bring best weather with me but it was phenomenal to do um, it really set the tone for for my whole year after that I went to a corporate event. And um, that as well set the tone for my whole year. This is um, a business coaching that I'm in. So many of you know, um, I am part of uh, James Wedmore's kind of world where I took his business by design course, which taught me how to teach online courses. I enrolled in that in 2019 um, and then went went to town in 2020 when I started uh, taking stuff online. So I am also in part of a higher level coaching program that he does, and they have in-person retreats. And so this was the first one that had been done. They went virtual with uh, COVID happening. This was the first one that they had done back the very first. And it's funny because, you know, there's I think 150 of us came. They didn't tell us what it was about. James at no point told us what this retreat was about. Just said, here's the first one you need to come. And we all went, not because we're crazy, but because we knew it would be exactly what we needed. And it had nothing to do with Instagram strategies or business strategy. It was all deeper work and was exceptionally transformational. What I came out of from that event was two things for me. I wrote down two words, worthy and visible. And it was this idea 
that has been rolling around in my head that I have to say I haven't necessarily put into words before that point, that um, I wasn't worthy of showing up online and being a part of this space and being someone that people would want to listen to. Now, you, you're listening to me. We're on a podcast together right now, and I have hundreds and hundreds of people listen to the podcast each week, which is also still crazy and awesome. And by the way, you want to share it with anyone and have more people listen, you could do that. I would love it. Uh, but at this point, a podcast didn't exist at this point. I had thought about doing a podcast. I had actually enrolled last year in a uh, course with a vo- vocal court coach. Was <laughs> I? <laughs> I think she's not listening now as I trip over my words, um, but to learn how to speak more effectively and be engaging. So, you know, you're not here being like, oh, this is boring. Christine's just talking in a voice like this the whole time and this sounds terrible, you know. Um, but I still didn't start the podcast. And I realized it was because I was scared of showing up. I didn't think I was worthy to show up. And there were all of these stories. I grew up very rural in a very, very rural Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia itself is a pretty poor province, a very resource-based um, and in general, not uh, maybe as much now as it was 30 years ago when I was growing up here, um, but very, very poor province. And um, I lived in a very rural area where it was, we're not middle-class. Right, or below that, you know, the people who I know who were growing up who were middle class, I thought they were rich. You know, the fact that they could buy clothes and have cheese in their fridge, that to me was like, oh, you can't want anything more in life. Um, And to think then that I could be onto a global stage and actually have something to say where other people would want to listen to me when I came from such, what would we say, how would we say it, humble beginnings, or, you know, however you want to say it, um, I, I don't want to pigeon toe, you know, our economic circumstances growing up were not the whole of my being. But when you don't have something, you really focus on that. Um, I can go into all of the other things that have made me into the person I am today. And all of that can go back to my childhood and my parents and my upbringing. But it's the, you, you didn't have it. And so I would go into these stories of like, who am I to be saying this stuff, you know? And it all came back to worthiness and it all came back to that. And I have these multiple touch points, these places in life where I have these stories that come up and it's the same thing. I remember being in university, in first year of university. I am not a really outgoing person. Um, I like individual people. I do not like parties. I don't like crowds. I don't like having to make small talk. Like if you see me at a photography conference or something, yeah, well, I'll talk completely fine. But that's because we're all there in photographers. I've got something to talk to you about. But put me at like any just like regular like party or gathering of people. And I just like, I'm gonna, you're probably gonna find me hanging out with one of the pets that's there. (laughs) If there's a dog somewhere, I'm like hanging out with the dog. So I remember in particular this this one little event that came up in my head and it came up during this retreat that I was at in in March. And it was when I was in university, first year university, and I was at a university party. I was trying to go places and go out. I did not like it. But I was talking to this, this one person, they're from Tirana. And 
they were saying something about this. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, but in my experience, it's this and this. And and I remember them like so cattily and snidely being like, oh, and you have lots of experience, hey? And immediately it was shut down because they were like, you know, I went to art prep school and I did all of this. And like immediately I went into the like, oh, well, obviously they're better than me. Obviously I'm not worthy because of my background and because of all of this. And that is just something that has perpetuated over time. And it was showing up in my business in the ways that I wouldn't put myself out there. And I never really named it before. So that event was really quite pivotal for me this year to realize that I'm still operating from these feelings of of I don't feel worthy. And thus, if I am not worthy, I should not be visible. I shouldn't be putting myself out there because who am I to do it? That was a really, really big one. Now, on the heels of that, in April, we actually went on vacation. So we had a little uh, family vacation, which was not restful because I had a a two-year-old and a five-year-old on family vacation, but it was warm and I got to go swimming every day. So that was great. (laughs) Um, But uh, so that was really lovely. We actually took some time off, had some vacation and family time, which was really, really great. Um, That led into May when I did the next launch of the masterclass. Um, And this was a little bit more to to what it had been in the past, the your first Milky Way training, people are actually like getting out and shooting more, which for me, like that's what I want to see when I do it. Um, financially, the actual launch itself and the course enrollment was a lot lower than previously, um, but that's kind of been this year. Um, everything has just been a little bit less because yeah, we're in a position where there's not... Um, things, prices are just skyrocketing, inflation, recession, like how many times you hear all those things. Um, And it's photography is in general, not the thing that's at the top of people's list. Spending money on yourself when you're having difficulty buying food, it it doesn't make sense to spend money on like a luxury product. So um, the actual launch itself, though, was really enjoyable for me. The group of students who came in, the people who were together in shooting were just lovely. So then we went into June. In June, I opened up registration for my star tracking class. That is only for alumni of my Milky Way Photography Masterclass. It's not a course that you will see public facing anywhere. Um, I only do internal launches on that. Um, so people uh, to register have to have gone through my Milky Way Photography Masterclass. I did that. I also was an affiliate that uh, month for the Business by Design launch, which was a really interesting thing to do. I had signed up to be an affiliate the year previously. And basically what that means is I would introduce people to James and to the program Business by Design. And for the people who I introduced that purchase, I would get a cut and a commission of that purchase. Um, It's really interesting for me because the program itself is completely transformative. I'm a very logical person and I like to have things in a very logical step-by-step manner. And Business by Design does that, but it also speaks to everything else that is underlying, which that was where the magic happened for me. So I was really excited last year in 2021 to be an affiliate for the launch. Um, And my mom died right when it happened. And I just checked out, I sent them a message and I'm like, look, I appreciate that you guys let me in, but it's it's not nothing right now in my life is 
is anything, you know, it's a complete and utter shock and trauma. So this year, um, I was able to to do a little bit more and to actually get to interact. And so I had a few photographers who actually did sign up through me and I got to have some really, really cool conversations with them. And it was really exciting for me to get to see other photographers who are like, well, I do this thing and people keep asking me how I do this thing. Now I'm going to actually put it together and put it out there in the world. And to get to revisit that was super, super fun. So I haven't 100% decided if I'm going to affiliate again next year and uh, and have that conversation. But I feel like I might just because it's so gratifying for me. So remember, when we come back to that question, did you have an impact on someone else's life? I even today I have um, a friend is going to come over and we're going to talk about some stuff uh, that's from one of James's programs. And they're like, I really, really enjoy this. And I want to chat through a little bit about it with you. I just really love that. I love people taking ownership of their lives. Um, I love entrepreneurship. I love everything that goes into that. So that gets me pretty excited. And it does have an impact. It has a direct impact on people's lives. Um, I still sometimes, I still tell myself this story that I'm not a real business person. I don't tell it that often anymore, but sometimes I do. I'm grateful and fortunate that I get to be in the room with a lot of people who are doing stuff that's really freaking cool. And like other photographers that I have looked up to for a long time, and now I get to be in these conversations, I get to be part of their events, I get to kind of be in their worlds. And sometimes I go back into that worthiness thing and it's like, oh, well, but who am I to be here? But I get perspective when I work with people who are starting out and they have questions where I'm like, oh, that's an easy answer. Like, oh, I can't help you with that. And I'm like, oh, maybe I do know what I'm doing. Maybe I do. (laughs) Maybe. So that was my June. July was a big freaking month. Let me tell you, so July, I finally launched my podcast. Now, funnily enough, during my podcast launch, so the week that I was promoting my podcast, that I put the things up online, that it got finally, because you you don't know when your podcast is going to get approved by iTunes, you just, you don't know. The week that it happened, I got laryngitis. I've never had laryngitis before in the entirety of my life. And I got laryngitis. And some Monday, I lost my voice. That Friday was my opening to my solo gallery exhibit at Studio 21 in downtown Halifax. So I actually went on steroids um, because that it was the only thing. They actually, they were like, you you know, you're not really supposed to. Like when I went to the... the uh, pharmacist she's like steroids aren't really supposed to be used for getting your voice back like I couldn't I had to talk like this to the pharmacist Uh, I literally could not I couldn't talk I just couldn't um and I was like I know I was like but I have a public speaking thing on Friday I have to do it so that you know it's this might get a little we call it woo woo in the world it might get a little bit woo woo but have you ever had something really dramatic like that happen before something huge? You know, like you're about to go on stage and you puking in the toilet or something like, you know, sorry, that's visceral. Um, but it's it was very much, these were the two things, biggest things for me visibility wise 
that had happened in my life for a very long time. And I lost my voice. Can we like, you know, you say irony, but is it irony really? Or is it a manifestation of like, holy heck, what am I about to do? I think a little bit of both, truth be told. So I launched my podcast. It was amazing. Um, When I put my podcast out in the world, I went up, this podcast, after a few podcasts, went up to number one in visual arts. It went up to number three in the arts category in Canada, which is huge. Like the arts category is massive. My picture of my After Dark Photography podcast was right in behind the Buffy St. Marie podcast. Now, for anyone who's not Canadian, you don't know who she is. And actually, a very good reason, um, if you look it up, uh, so Buffy St. Marie, she's fantastic, um, fantastic, fantastic uh, Canadian singer and also um, just like personality and, and thought leader. Um, but her work, because she's Indigenous, was squashed and there's actually this this whole thing that happened where if you are American you don't know who she's who she is and it's because of uh media that you don't like there there is actually anyways whole thing for me growing up Buffy St. Marie is like are you kidding me to have my photo right beside her was huge it was huge I posted I actually took a course on being a podcaster, like learning about the how to podcast and and how to use, do all the things, how to set up my episodes, all this stuff. If I'm learning something new, I take an online course to learn it from people who have done it before me because um, they know, (laughs) they know better how to actually do it. So I don't want to waste my time figuring it out. I want to go with someone else. I posted up in that group. There's a Facebook group for it. And I was like, look, it's me with Buffy St. Marie. And they're like, who's that? And I was like, what are you having? So I launched my podcast. And in July, I had my solo exhibit. So I had a solo gallery exhibit at Studio 21. And that was like on my vision board. And I was going to get a hold of Studio 21 and um, talk about being a part of an exhibit. I wasn't going to launch myself for for a solo exhibit because you don't generally get a solo exhibit when you're starting out. You can be part of group exhibits. And they instead reached out to me. And that was amazing. So that was just so fantastic to have my work up on the walls, to be selling my work to collectors who I never met before. Um, I did a gallery opening. I also did a gallery talk. I had a friend who I haven't seen for over a decade um, who just happened to be in town, come and show up. Um, She's a childhood friend. I've known her for so long, but out of touch after high school. Amazing to have that. Like just July was an overwhelming and wonderful month. Really, really. Then August, I did my in-person workshop and I had masterclass students from across the country and across the US come. The students from BC, um, driving cost country, from California coming up, from Virginia, like just from all over. Coming. Um, really, I had one student who was local, localish. Came from Cape Breton. Um, everyone else came from farther away, and that was really special to get to walk th- people through taking these photos from start to finish, to edit them with them, and be hands on, and to take people to places that are really special to me was really, really wonderful. It was also exhausting. 
uh, I'm not going to lie. Um, and actually, you will, when I talk about next year, um, I don't have any workshops planned for next year, and I'm not going to be doing any because I would be out with my students until 5 a.m. and then getting up at 8 a.m. with the kids. And it was too much. So um, until my kids are a little bit older, I won't be doing um, any workshops here because it, it's just too much. And it's one of those things where you kind of have to make a decision. Like, I want to do it. I want to bring more people here. I have students who said they want to come here this year. But for me and my life in the current stage I'm in, it just doesn't work. And it's funny because I, I don't regret doing this one this year. It was amazing. Like, I would, I would do it over again. Um, but here's the thing. As like a, a nightscape photographer, as a landscape photographer, one of the ways you're supposed to make money, and I put those air quotes here on the supposed, is by doing workshops. That's how most people do it. So people expect that you're going to do that. But it might not be the best thing in your life. It might not fit in the best. And I had to really look at it and be like, yes, I love this. Yes, I really want to do this. But it doesn't make sense for my life where it is right now. Then we moved into September. September, you know, I wasn't going to launch my Milky Way Masterclass again. I wasn't going to run through another free training. Um, just the way that things were going and economically in the world, I wasn't going to do it. And then I had this idea. And this is where this, did you take any risks last year, comes into play. I had this idea and I was like, Oh, I have to do it now. Like, I have to. I had an idea to do a live shoot, to actually photograph the Milky Way while I was filming and doing it as a live stream. And as soon as I came up with that idea, I was like, okay, this is going to be a technological feat to pull this off, um, but I'm still going to do it. And it was amazing. Hands down, the coolest, funnest thing that I did this year to do a live shoot with hundreds of people there with me. You can't do that. You can't take hundreds of people out with you and they can see your screen and see your thought process and see your photos on your computer, but you can online. I forget the actual numbers for people who were streaming, but I think it was about 500 people streaming this live, seeing me actually shoot the Milky Way and everything came together. It was the coolest thing. So I'm going to do it again next year, and it's going to be uh, even bigger and better. Um, I have some fun things with that. That took me into October. In October, I launched the beta of my printing class. Um, that's something that my students have been asking for forever. And so I finally did that. It is not finished. I am still currently working on it now, but I got the beta run of it out so that I could get students into it and giving me feedback and telling me what was working and what they wanted and all of that. That pushed back. Normally I would have done my Photoshop, um, free training and registration for my full class in October, but the printing class pushed that back a little bit. So at the start of November, start of um, just last month, I did the free training for my Photoshop class and opened up registration as well. So now I'm currently in that. We're, I'm working through it every week with my students, which is awesome. And we are um, going through step-by-step -step everything with Photoshop. And it's just so fun to do this in the off season because it really sets us up for success next year. And then December for me is a little bit slower. So we just finished up a giveaway for my poster prints and have um, the deadline for purchasing them. So if you're listening to this 
while it's happening. Um, the deadline is actually the end of this week. So it's December 9th is when the um, when I have the deadline for producing my poster prints. I do kind of my, my most um, my most popular images from the last year and I do them in a more affordable way as a poster print. I Here's a secret they're still printed on uh, archival fine art paper. They're still printed in the same method with which that my fine art ones are printed, but they're not a limited edition. So they're able to be, um, they're able to be at a lower price and they're done as a poster style so that they can be as a lower price as well. Um, so that is December. And then we're got about another week of working and then we're off. I take off the rest of the year, which frankly this year is needed. When I look back at this year, I'm like, Whew, I did a lot. I did a lot. Um, and spent a lot of time in the hospital this year, too. Uh, you know, my father uh, and then my father a lot, they both um, had a lot of time in the hospital. My, my dad, though, specifically a lot. Um, so there's a lot of times within all of this that, you know, there were daily hospital visits and things like that going on as well. So a lot of, of life things. So that kind of takes me into next year and what I'm planning for next year. And my list is a lot smaller. So at the start of next year, I will be rolling out my full printing class. So that will be available for for registration. And I've got a little surprise, um, two surprise things that, that I'm working on. One of them I'll tell you about. The other one is not just me, so I can't talk about it yet. Um, I'm reaching out to other people and if it happens, it will be great because it will be a first in in our industry, and I think it will really add a lot to it. Um, but the the one I can tell you about is uh, print is not the printing class, sorry, the a business class. So a class on actually the the business of photography, but targeted at people who are like you know people want to buy my prints, but I don't know what to do, or I'd like to start making a little bit of income, but I'm not necessarily sure how to do it. Um, and that this is something I have had in my brain for a very long time. It's just like I had the printing class in my brain for a very long time. Things kind of rattle around in my brain for a while before I, I birth them out into the world. Uh, but for this course, you know, business courses are traditionally, they're very expensive. They're very big courses. And for a lot of photographers who are doing this as a hobby and aren't necessarily like you're not looking to to get into a full-time photography job quit everything else on the side it can be a big barrier to entry to have this huge course and to have things to be really expensive so i'm actually looking at something that is um, a membership model that is a lower cost so it will be easier for people to be able to enter it but also take you from the ground up and give you all of the resources that you need to be able to start uh, generating an income. And the idea is that uh, you will generate more than what it costs to be in the course and probably um, significantly more as you go with it. So that is going to be coming at the start of next year. Um, I don't have a, a specific timeline for it yet because it's still is uh, brainstorming and exists only on my doodles and papers around the house. Um, but that will start to be a thing as well. And then there's one other thing that I am putting into motion, but we will we will see where it happens and when, but you'll know when I talk about it. Then 
we're, we'll be going into April. So I will be doing my first Your First Milky Way training in April. It's going to be really special. Um, I Yeah, I can't. I want to keep surprise bits for you, but it's going to be pretty awesome. It's going to be like the September one, but even better. Um, I will give you a spoiler alert that I am going to go somewhere warmer to do it. Um, and yeah, it, it's going to be really, really, really cool. Then that takes me into May. In May, I will be in Kanab. Um, so a week I will be in Kanab for the Nightscaper conference. I'm doing two presentations at the Nightscaper conference. And I will also be running a uh, workshop um, co-creation kind of thing, specifically only for masterclass students. So the only way that you will be able to attend and go shooting with me on any type of workshop at all next year is if you come to Kanab and you are a masterclass student. Um, that's the only thing that I have right now. There's potential that I could do something in September, but September is really busy for us. Birthdays, back to school, wedding anniversary. Um, I tend not to book anything then. So I might do something, but the likelihood is that, that I won't. So the only thing that I have on the books is for the Nightscaper conference. I actually just secured accommodations for um, a bunch of masterclass students who are going to be staying with me during the conference. So we're basically going to not sleep very much. We're going to edit and shoot and go out together and then be at the conference. And it's I can't wait. It's going to be really, really great. Then in June, I will be doing an internal um, open registration for my star tracking class. So get started with um, masterclass students who are ready to take that next step. So that's always super fun. Um, we learn about shooting wide field Milky Way, and then we learn about doing deep sky stuff. And for a lot of people, it's like the first time they've ever shot any target. It's like, I just photographed Andromeda. I didn't know I could do that. Like, it's so cool. So that's June. July, I have left blank. So July, my kids are kind of home. My daycare closes every other week in the summer. So like I've got the kids home and I just, this July, there's nothing. I'm not putting anything on there. There's nothing. Now, will there be stuff? Yes. Will I be working? Yes. But I have booked nothing in July. The hope is to actually take a little bit of vacation. Um, my birthday and my husband's birthday is in July, so we historically would take some vacation that month. And it's a nice time to be out shooting. So I don't want to book stuff around uh, July so that I can actually, when it's nice out, I can go out and shoot in the middle of the night when it's not cold. And it's just really lovely. Then that brings me into August. August, I will be doing the last Milky Way launch of the year. So I will only be doing my free training and opening up registration twice next year. So once in April and once in August, the end of August. Um, so I'll be doing my second one of the year then. That will take me through September. Um, we'll be running through all of that. September doesn't have anything else. That's why there's potential for a workshop there. But frankly, probably not given... Um, given everything that goes on in our house, in our world in September. It's a busy time. October brings me to Photoshop. So we'll be running our free Photoshop training and then bringing new students into the Photoshop class. And then November and December will be more towards print and probably product as well, um, shifting gears into that and then working with people um, on the back end. Because it, it's funny, you know, the things, there will be times, pff, I don't post social media for like a couple of weeks, but we're still doing a ton of stuff in behind the scenes. We're still interacting with students uh, multiple times a week, having lots of conversations in our communities. 
I just don't always show it on the on the front end. So, um, you know, November and December, traditionally, I'm not putting a ton of stuff out there. I'm also traditionally not creating a lot at this time of year either. Uh, and I'm okay with that. I can find, I can create in other ways, but we're still doing a fair amount of stuff on the back end and have a, working with a lot of students, um, but just doing it kind of behind closed doors, not, not out in the public. But you can see, you can see, you can listen, you can hear that next year, really, I'm dialing things back. I'm not doing things as much as I did this year so that I'm able to put more into each of the individual things that I do. And the hope is also next year to do a little bit less and spend a bit more time with my family. Like if I were to come out of this and say, I have a resolution, my resolution would be to be a bit less of a workaholic. Not to not be a workaholic because I I know myself, (laughs) but to be maybe a little bit less and to really start to build and strengthen community more so that um, uh, there's, there's more of that at the end of the year, I can say, you know, were lives changed? And to be able to do that, do that more effectively, and at the same time, spend more time with my kids, that's, that's like... That's the dream. If someone asks me, what's my dream right now? That's the dream. Get more people out taking pictures underneath the stars, build more community and relationships between people, and spend more time with my kids and my husband and my dog. Let's be real. Though Jazz, I've been making a concerted effort. We go out for a walk pretty much every morning, um, and she gets a swim. And if we haven't done that, then by the evening after the kids are in bed, we go out for a walk, even if it's cold and dark. I don't mind walking in the dark, and neither does Jazz, so... So that's it. That's my year in review, my 2022 year in review, and my 2023, here's what I'm hoping to do. Now, check back in with me in a year. I'll do another one of these in 12 months time, and we'll see what happened. We'll see what I learned this year. I'm interested to see what comes up this year. What are the things that I have to work through? What are the things that I get to work through, I should say? And where does the year take me? Because I'll tell you, last year, I probably would not have thought that most of this year would have been what it was. Um, I would not have thought I was going to have a solo exhibit. I would not have thought I was going to have a podcast that ranked number one um, across Canada, the US, and the UK for visual arts. You know, all of these things this year, um, would I have thought that I could have done a live Milky Way photo shoot with 500 people watching me? No. No, I would not. So I'm frankly, pretty darn excited for next year. I know it won't be easy. And I know there will be times when I get in it and I'm sick and I'm tired and I'm like, what in the heck is happening? As um, James would say, my business uh, mentor, he would say, when I have a shamanic death, um, which seems, you know, a little bit harsh, but also when you're in it feels very real. So I'm looking forward to to the fresh start that comes with a calendar turn of the year, but also just to get to see what next year brings, the new people that I get to work with, the images that I get to see being created. For me, that is probably the most exciting thing, is to see that more people are out there, they're connecting under the night sky, they're creating stunning images, and they're putting more of that good out in the world. We can just all 
come together and put more good out in the world. I think that's what we need right now. So thank you. Thank you for coming with my year in review. And I do really, you know, I encourage you to do the same. You don't have to do an hour long podcast with someone about it, but write it out, you know, write out your year, write it out by month, take stock, come back and make a plan for next year. Okay. Thank you so much for being here with me. I love that you're here on the After Dark Photography Podcast listening and supporting me. I appreciate you and I'm excited to see all of the things that you do.